Hello. If this is the first time you've found this podcast, my name is Dom Evans. I'm head of production for Fox FM in Melbourne. And in this podcast, I'm talking to audio producers from all around the world about how they craft the sound of radio stations. And I've called it Prodcast. My guest today is Brendan Tacey, or BT, as he's commonly known, from the Triple M Network here in Australia. Uh, To say that BT is experienced is a massive understatement. BT has worked in commercial production, he's worked on the CHR pop side of things for a long time, and he's now in Triple M, which is a rock format. He's even worked overseas in the UK. He works from home full-time on a massive 20-acre block, and we pick things up with him telling me about this studio that he's converted from a shed. It's very cool. So... The entire shed's taken over, um, built all the walls out of hemp or most of the walls out of hemp, recycled corrugated iron. I've got a isolation room where I've got a drum kit set up in that. Um, kind of like a stage area almost that rises up about half a metre off the ground and up there's a pool table. Um, Hang on, when did you learn the drums? <laughs> <laughs> where did I miss that? Yeah, that was year seven. I uh, started doing that in year seven. But the thing that I, um, you know, we were in suburbia and I had a drum kit but never played it properly because I always felt bad about pissing off the neighbours. So ever since then, and uh, I didn't follow it through for too long, but I've been uh, always wanted my own drum kit in a place where I can belt the living crap out of it and not worry about pissing anyone off. (laughs) So now now that we've got the 20 acres, got this room set up, drum kit's in there. Um, We've got the fireplace in here as well, mate. So, you know, I've had the fire going on the cold days. It's a really nice setup. That's cool. That's like true... Triple M green room shit, isn't it? <laughs> you could say Don't that. do you think? You could say that. Rock music. Corrupting Australia's youth for over 60 years. Apparently there's a downside as well. Triple M's classic rock summer. So you started off on the Today Network and you were there for quite a while and then you gradually transitioned across onto the Triple M side of things. Yep, yep. What do you remember from the Today Network side? Is that so far gone now? Or like when you think back, what picks up in your mind there? Good question. Um, Rihanna. (laughs) Yeah, Rihanna. (laughs) Um, Oh, that's a really good question, man. What picks up in my mind? The days in Perth, I guess, um, were probably very instrumental because I started at SAFM as a commercial producer and then moved into imaging reasonably quickly. And the imaging there, oh, look, it, it was just a start, I guess. But, but but then I moved to Perth probably about six months after starting at SAFM. And it was in Perth that I got the a good solid three years of doing it and really sunk my teeth into it. Um, mm. So just, I just remember making, you know, three different versions of the same promo because that's, uh, that's what was expected <laughs> at the time. Uh, yeah, it, it wasn't about creating a sound and uh, and running with that sound. No, they had to. Every promo had to be different. Um, really? So not even the same song? No, just... no, no. Three, wow. three, uh, and, and it's mad. Like when you look back at that now, it's it's mad thinking because branding is so important and creating a sound around something is so important. And if you're just Totally. You know, crafting these three, four different sounds for every promotion. What's the point? Nothing. You know, totally. It's not, it's not going to stick in the punter's mind at all. So No. Um, remember that. Remember 
the influences of Matt Nikolic and you know listening to his stuff and then trying to emulate that on gear that nowhere near came close to the stuff that uh, he was working on at the time. Um, so just quickly for people that aren't familiar, so Matt Nikolic, also known as Blackers, in the Fox role for. He's he's the pinnacle of um, you know, production in Australia. Look, I was, I was doing an introduction to uh, somebody just the other day uh, to Matt, and and I said to this other guy, look, Matt is um, the bloke who the large majority of producers currently in Australia um, have probably you know looked up to or been influenced by. Um, he he was, yep. he's like the granddaddy of um, without being disrespectful, mate, but um, yeah, the granddaddy of Australian <laughs> imaging. No, totally. Well, I mean, I remember I was in Perth much later than you doing Brekkie and, and Blackers was at Fox at that time yeah. and I'd sometimes have to cart things that would come through last minute yeah. and I'd like download his stuff and you listen to it and you're just like, Oh fuck! Like- yeah, exactly, exactly. I mean, there, there's two things that made you think, "Shit, you know, what? What am I doing? I'll never be that good." But then there's the other side going, "But geez, it, it sparks something in me, and I want to be that good." And and it um, sort of just pushed you further. I love love getting his promos down the line and and uh, and trying to emulate them. One on one nine, the fox. Turn up the Matt and Joe show to get you to work. Then from nine, turn up the hottest hits in Melbourne. What's up? This is Pink. When the music's pumping, sing my lungs off. Hey, my Warren, this is Rihanna. And from four, turn up, Hamish and Andy. The funniest ice cream yeah. ever invented. Yeah. Do you know what I love too? He has a bullet hole through his hat. Yeah. Who's the tough guy that took a shot at Buffalo <laughs> Bill? the Fox, Melbourne's hit music station. And when I got the call up to go, you know, go across to Triple M, the the first at the first stage, I thought, oh, oh, okay, but. It was a very smart move. Like um, it was Craig Bruce who made that change at the time and... Yep. Head of content at the time for Southern Cross Osteria, yep. Yep, and um, it was... I look back at it now and go, thanks, brother. <laughs> you know, thanks, yeah, for, yeah. thanks for moving me across to the M's because, man, I love that place. It, it's home. Um, I, I don't ever want to leave it. It's just such a great, um, great environment to be working on. Triple M's Generation X. When you said you were contemplating moving to the M's, your first, you said something like, oh, what, Mm. can you just explain to me what that hesitation was at first? Yeah, yeah. Because look, at that point, and and for quite some time, the M's had always been the, you know, the second rate kind of station, the poor cousin type of thing. The drive had always been to be on the Today Network because that was the beast. And that was, if you're on the Today Network, you know, you've made it. And um, it's something to be super, super proud of, obviously. And then to you know to go to the ends, I thought, oh, do they think I'm not good enough to keep working on the two day side at the moment? That was a part of it, I guess. Yeah, which of course turned out to not be the case at all. Far from it, mate. Far from it. And um, yeah, I'm, yeah, obviously very happy with the end result and where we've been now for the last ten plus years. Do you think what we do is an art or a science? There's a science side to it, but first and foremost, I think it's an art. It needs to be an art because it's a creative space and art is creativity. Um, but then there's a science behind it that can take that art to a whole nother level. 
from the technical side of it, the science that can go into the, um, yeah, I hear what you guys are doing on the hit side and uh, the, the um, yeah, the, the hit side of the business. And I think there's more of a science on the hit side from a, a technical point of view. And, and yep. pr- prove me wrong. I mean, yeah, you know, you could challenge that, mate, because you live and breathe it every day. You know, like actually, this is probably a great time to play your Triple M Ticket Dog promo. From the station that pioneered the Triple M Rock Wheeler, Don't Dream It's Rover, and the secret hound comes the Triple M's Ticket Dog. Join the Triple M Club to win your way into summer's biggest gigs. The Killers, Paul McCartney, Muse, The Living Air. Did I mention The Killers? Triple M's Ticket Dog. Join the Triple M Club to start winning Monday at work. Triple M.com.au. Sydney's 104.9 Triple M. That cheeky script writing is something we don't really have in CHR a huge amount it's, would you say it's more important on a rock format like Triple M to have that? I think there's more room to have that on a rock format and, and particularly with the Triple M brand because of the attitude that we do have. You know, there, there's that self-deprecating kind of attitude that we um, – uh, not that wasn't defecating, deprecating um, – that, we, <laughs> yeah, that, that we're allowed We'll to chop it out in post, mate. <laughs> Beep. I, th- I think there's more room for it in, yeah, the, the type of, yeah, just, just the type of production that we do. I think from the hit side of it, you listen to the station, it's all about this momentum and this high energy that just has to be constant. It, it's just there all the time, you know, bang, 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 thump, thump, thump. Whereas, I don't know, I just feel like we've got more room to breathe with um, with our music in the format that we are. Mm. I mean, I heard, so my previous interview with Stax Williams from Z100, he had a great piece of production where it was almost like a celebrity endorsement thing and it was you're listening to, you know, DC 101, alternative rock, whatever the hell that is. This is the sole survivor of Vault 111 and you're listening to DC 101, Capital Wasteland's best alternative rock, whatever the hell that is. That lends itself more to a rock format than a hit format. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, Would you say that... I'm not saying there's less fun in it. There's just a different way of portraying the fun. I, th- I think the fun for you guys comes from that high energy and creating a vibe, whereas the fun from us comes from that sort of comedy element and that um, you know taking the piss out of yourself and and others where possible, um, you know, without crossing any code lines which seem to get tight and tighter and tighter every year. You know, doing a lot of sketch uh, sketch comedy at the moment, and um, and a lot of it is is cross referenced and sent off to the lawyers to make sure we can get away with it. And you know, ten. 15 years ago, it wouldn't have been the case. Just put it on without delay. I mean, I remember when delay came in. It wasn't that long ago. <laughs> Not that long ago, no. <laughs> <laughs> well, while we're on the sketch comedy, yeah. Um, so you're working with The Chaser at the moment, which must be a huge amount of fun. I mean, I remember just watching them on TV and thinking these guys are just the funniest thing that ever existed. So much fun, man. Look, I've been fortunate um, in, in my career to work with some amazing people, some amazing teams, and... There was one mob that I, in the back of my mind, always thought, you know, if ever I get the opportunity to work with these guys, I would just jump at it. And that was the Chaser guys. Because we, you know, grew up with those guys, seeing them on TV and, and just love their style of comedy. And so I good evening right around the country. Welcome to this special APEC wrap-up edition of The War. Great as always to have your company. And the opportunity came up in early uh, 2017, so last year, where they were doing a 12-week run on Triple M in Sydney and um, started doing the production and just stayed on it. Amazing. It's a lot of fun, man. Like, the... 
their, their writing is just awesome to work with. To, and, and each of them have got different styles because, you know, there's four, five, six guys in, in the Chaser group. They all collaborate uh, with, mm. the, with the scripts. They come to the table with their own ideas. They flesh it all out. And I've seen this in action. It's just awesome to watch. And then the crafting that goes in it. So the guys write this stuff on a Google document. Okay. And I can sit on the Google document and I'm watching them change the, you know, craft it as they go. And then it comes to me, we sit down, we record it, start piecing it together, um, and then I get to add my flavour to it as well, which is just awesome because I have an audio impact on these comedy legends' work. So that's, that's so special. Very fulfilling, man, super fulfilling. Right, Mr Taylor, welcome to your test drive. Thank you. This all looks very schmick. Bucket seating, adjustable mirrors, fully automated central locking. And this would be the glove box? Oh, don't touch the glove box. Sorry? Best not to open the glove box. <laughs> what are you talking about? It's just an ordinary plain glove box, isn't it? All glove boxes come fitted with a Dyson Airblade as standard. Right. Very handy if your hands get wet while you drive. And, um... And how long does it stay on for? Uh, it does tend to stay on a bit longer than you would necessarily want it to. Maybe just try closing the compartment. There, there we are. Just one of those features that'll take a little bit of getting used to. Yeah, right. Uh, it's actually made the car incredibly hot. I'll just put the aircon on. Oh, I wouldn't advise. Oh. Yeah, all AC units in Dyson cars are also fitted with a Dyson Airblade. Very useful in the winter. Yeah, but what about in summer? Best not to use it in summer. Can you, can you turn it off, please? What's that? Can you please turn it off? Oh. Oh, that's better. What a treat to be able to work with, like, almost sort of such veterans of the craft as well. I mean, there's not a lot of people still active that have that pedigree and back catalogue of... Correct. I was going to say back catalogue of lols, but that's probably punishable by death on the Triple M side of the business. <laughs> very, very well. Dobbo will take me out and shoot me. What's lol mean? Yeah. Lol, yeah. <laughs> that's a written warning. I don't know what that means, but if it's an acronym, you're fired. I, I think and I, so I, I had no idea what YOLO meant until a couple of years ago, and I think you pointed that out to me. Oh, you only live once? Yeah, that, that's bad, isn't it? That's really sad. Corker. Yeah. Corker. <laughs> okay, so while we're on sketches, it's awesome to work with the chaser. Um, the Let's take, for example, the Dyson sketch. Yep, yep. I think somebody more inexperienced might look at that and go, oh, that's just a bit of sound effects, but they couldn't be more wrong because and I'll let you pick this up in a second, but you're creating an entire soundscape and that takes a lot of talent. Can you talk me through how you sort of look at when you're trying to build that soundscape in a sketch? Yeah, first I look at the clock and go, shit, how much time have I got to, <laughs> yeah, to, to get 12 this? minutes, right. And, and how much can I put into this? So Chris Taylor, I think, was the driving force behind that. Um, so he's one of the Chaser fellows. He was the driving force behind that script. And and he, he loves his sound effect. He, he's a radio veteran through and through and is, is big on lots of sound effects in the sketches and really painting an amazing soundscape. And... That's some good fun. It takes so much time. Like we'll have up to three sketches a day and about an hour and a half to put it all together. So when you get one of those wow. on board, you've almost got to pick which of the three you're going to focus on. Mm. And so you, you do a good job on the other two, but then you pick this one up and you go, I know this is going to take me at least an hour just to get this right. Because you can throw all the sound effects at the wall, but then it's all about getting them in the right place and having the comedic timing on certain elements of the the sound effects and the, and the voiceovers. What are you talking about? It's just an ordinary plain glove box, isn't it? <laughs> 
glove boxes come fitted with a Dyson Airblade as standard. Right. Then there's the mixing as well and trying to get it all right so that you can um, hear everything. Like I remember doing a sketch uh, a couple of months ago. It was on air and I was actually driving away for the weekend listening to the show through the phone lost the whole back end of the sketch because I hadn't mixed it properly and I was so disappointed in myself. Uh-huh. Um, we, it was called Seagull Hotel and there was this... We started off with one seagull on the bell pop desk. Good afternoon, sir. Welcome to the Fairmont. Just checking in today, are we? Uh, yes, uh, the name is Taylor, Chris Taylor. And then it progressed to six seagulls, then a hundred, then there was a thousand seagulls in the room as the sketch progressed. Well, uh, not, not many. How many? Oh, I, I don't know. Two, three... Attention all guests, please evacuate the hotel. Repeat, please evacuate the hotel. Wow. By the time we got to the thousand seagulls, everything else just got lost in the sketch and it's like, that was such a waste of time, you know, for for all of us because I buggered that up. This is one of the worst hotels I've ever stayed in. How on earth are you number one on TripAdvisor? We've trained the seagulls to write the reviews. Radio Chaser. Triple M. The mistakes are far and few, though, aren't they? Oh, shucks, mate. Jeez. <laughs> <laughs> uh. um, so for for someone who's listening who perhaps is, is more starting out or even someone really experienced who hasn't done a lot of sketches, how do you create that? Because we all know the difference between just sound effects in a session and a really full experience. I mean, I once heard a quote, you know, when you create a soundscape well, you can almost – smell that place like mm-hmm. if you're in a rainforest you can smell that yep. how do you any tips or tricks to really give that full body soundscape i i think keeping in mind the, the look the important part is is the, the the sounds that back up the script so you, you might have an underlying sound going through an entire thing because you're setting a scene you've um you know it's it's a police car on the side of the road pulled somebody over so there's just Constantly there's just traffic zipping by in the background because that's on the street. That doesn't need to be forefront. You don't need to be pushing that kind of sound too hard. It's just sitting there underlying. But it's it's the, the sounds, the handcuffs clicking on somebody, making sure that that's coming through in between the words. So so I might you know have the hand some noise of the handcuffs clinking away underneath the dialogue, but then as the dialogue breaks, then I'll bring up the final click and clunk of the handcuffs. So, so it's allowing those things to have their space to really tell the story because if you just run that entire sound underneath the dialogue, it's going to lose the impact. You know, I almost just felt the handcuffs tighten when you said that. So I think that just does that not reinforce? Yeah, yep. yep. If that if that's a critical part of the script, you 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 want the listener to feel like they are under fucking arrest, man. You know, it's doing one of two things for you, mate. It's either reinforcing what's in the script. Or it's taking you back to Saturday night last week when we were together at your place. So. <laughs> it was a great night. It was a really good night. <laughs> Can I have the handcuffs back, actually? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's right. All right, let's talk about montages. Um, everyone yeah. does them differently. Yep. You're, I mean, like, I'm not just blowing smoke up your ass. I think you're a bit of a montage king. Thanks, man. Hey. 
All right. So that, that's something that's grown over time and I've, I've got far more efficient at doing them. Um, I used to labour over those things, spend three, four hours on them easily. Um, now it's almost like throwing shit at the wall and seeing what sticks. It, it, it's... I open up my whoops. I open up my um, se- session. I just threw the pen at the computer. I open up Great. my, <laughs> I open up a um, you know, a track sheet, and and I'll throw all of the songs. So the guys will give me a list of forty songs, let's say, within the um, the database, and they want us to use not all of that music, but whatever works for us. Represent throw, this playlist, yeah. Rep- represent this playlist. I'll throw them all in, and then just start mining. Um, mining is something that I, I love doing; has really sped up my work. So I'll spend the time on mining elements out of the songs, and then so if you imagine there's 40 songs lined up on a stereo track in Pro Tools, and I'll go through and I'll pull out that drum beat from that song, and then there's a little hey in in the song further along. I'll, I'll pull that down to the next um, stereo track and go through all the songs and pull those elements out, and then I just start jamming those elements together and see what works. Triple M's Generation X. Yeah. Check this out. You know, you just stuff falls into place, and as as I'm, I might be have one song in the promo. I can already hear the next song coming in, or I know what song I want to go and grab because I can just naturally feel that song coming on next after the final beat of the song that I'm currently working with. So it's like as you're doing it, your mind is just like assembling it almost ahead of you. Yeah, yeah, and it's evolving. So there's no rules on it. There's no this goes here, you know, song one, song two, song three, song four. I'll be building away and then I go, oh, there's a tiny little gap there and there's, uh, you know, the the 39th song I know has this awesome little riff in it that is just going to slot beautifully in that gap. And it may not musically go together, but in the rhythm of a promo, it, it just sounds awesome or sweet. And you know, and you can create these kind of stop-down moments with different riffs and, and licks. Um, yeah. And I think, like, too, if you've if you've cut out, say, four, hey, hey, you know, of those, and then you get to one thing and you hear a beat, 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 boom, you can go, well, I'm going to put those hey's over those hey. hey. Yeah, yeah, it's correct. the craft of it too, and, and but they, but these ideas will just come to you, won't they? They do, and and it's not drawing from oh, you know, I did this promo, I heard this promo in the past. It's just I'm letting it all happen on the page. And I tell you what, the other thing is that's really sped up that kind of work is what I'll tend to do is jam all this stuff together, walk away from it. In the past, I would have jammed it together, finessed, gone over and over, and finessed and finessed for ages. Now I'll. Chuck it all together and it might take, by the time you get all your songs in, that's the longest part is getting the songs in and, and isolating different grabs. Piecing them together, that, that can happen in 10 minutes. A promo, mm. you know, a, a good montage can come together within 10 minutes once you've got all your elements there and then I tend to walk away from it. Or if I've got to make four or five montages in one hit, go and line them all up and then if I've got the luxury of time, say, to the next morning, I'll revisit it the next morning and then go, shit, that's actually all right, or no. Because, you know, as you're working on these things, you you know it so well because you've heard it so many times as you're going through it that you know that riff is coming after that beat. 
Whereas yeah. if you give yourself a little bit of space, you step away from it, then you come back to it and you listen to it and you go, oh, shit, that riff coming after that beat actually doesn't work. It sounds crap and it feels like it's being jumping out of nowhere. But you can kind of trick yourself into committing to it yeah, too correct. early. Yeah, correct. Because, you, again, you've heard it a number of times. So as you're listening through it, your mind's already a couple of steps ahead and know what's coming next. And that goes the same with any promo at all, I reckon. You know, So it's so important to give yourself that space and come back and listen with fresh ears. Look, that is such a critical point. I've got to be honest, I will still often make a promo and then finesse, finesse, finesse. Yep. So what have you gained from learning that, from, from, from that change? Speed. Speed in how long it takes me to complete a job because, again, I used to just get so engrossed with it and lose so much time, whereas now I, I'll – and this is not just a montage, this is other promos as well. You know, for, for any kind of package, I'll whack it together, step away from it, come back to it and go – that's actually 90% there and it only takes another 10, 15 minutes to finish it off and finesse it, whereas if I had stuck with it the entire time from start to finish in the first place, it would have taken me a lot longer, double the time kind of thing. Yeah. You, correct me if I'm wrong, but you came up with the sound for Eddie Maguire's breakfast show, didn't you? Uh, no, I didn't. I didn't. I was, oh, was that sidey in the yeah, end? Yeah, it? It, it was sidey. So I was playing around with that and, you know, found a couple of, and, and actually that's an interesting point you make because it comes back to the whole two day, you know, the two day side of the business. And that was when I first started on the M's and I was pulling out sounds that were probably more suited to the two day side. And in what sense do you think? Oh, just the style of music and the, um, the, the, the words in some of the lyrics um, and the, the vocals in the lyrics I think would have been more suited to a, a slightly rocky version of the two-day side. But, yeah, that was super early days and I wasn't right in it at that point. Side, he had this amazing, you know, awesome – he does insane jingles and mm. brilliant-sounding stuff and he's just a legend with it. Um, and we used one of his jingles, the woohoo. Um, so that built the sound of the hot breakfast at the start. Live across the greatest city known to man, from Altona to Abbotsford, from Yarraville to Yarra Glen. This is the Triple M Hot Breakfast. Now, the man who really knows Melbourne and just about everyone in it, Eddie Maguire. Can we talk about this? This is interesting because my next question was going to be, how do you approach something when you have to come up with a sound? And I'm actually glad that I asked you that question first because you might have hit on something here. Like back 10 years ago, if we were doing giving away a car, it would have been Rihanna, shut up and drive. Like mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yep. like $100, thank you very much. Yep. Um, sounds like it's not so much the same for the rock format. Yeah, I like playing with it, and the, the ticket dog is a probably a good um, example. The promo we played earlier, um, great promo by the way, bro. Thanks, man. Cheers. Look, it's I, I like to go and look for words in different songs, but not necessarily use that song. So I might take a little element and, and a word out of a like a Led Zeppelin song that relates to you know something we're giving away, but use that word over the top of another bed. And it might not be a commercially released bed. It could be just some awesome rock bed that I've found that works really well with the promotion and then layering that into that bed. So you're not doing the, uh, the you know, the, the, the stock standard kind of um, – was that a train go past? <laughs> Yeah, I don't think you'll be able to hear it, but yeah. <laughs> so, yes, we are in the bungalow, folks. Yes. We are. So, yeah, not, not, not just doing that stock standard um, 
you'd hear that on, uh, I don't mean to be disrespectful, but you hear that on, you know, small town kind of radio. Yep. Do you remember the stick shift production? Yeah, vaguely, yeah. Do you still have that? No, I might do. Maybe Um. I could even find it. Five-time touring car champion Mark Scaife and motorsport all-rounder Neil Crompton have joined Team Triple M. Every Saturday morning from 8, Scaife and Crompton co-drive the stick shift with a brand new spin on the world of motoring. From the family car to the racing giants around the globe. If it's got wheels, you'll hear about it. The Stick Shift, tomorrow morning from 8 on Triple M. It was you pretending to be a car with your mouth, I think, and then it merged into the car. Yeah, so that wasn't me. That was a guy called Grant Stevens from Perth. Could have sworn that was you. Yeah, no, that was Grant Stevens from Perth. He um he bought this car. I can't remember what car it was. It was some you know Subaru RX or Mitsubishi kind of street type of car, and he was so proud of it that he and he's big on his sound effects. This is a guy who wanted to go towards you know doing sound effects for movies, and he made this awesome sound effect of that you know getting the keys in the car, putting in the ignition, turning the ignition all with his mouth, and then. Yeah, created that sound and and he gave it. Yeah, you know, he said, "Here, have a listen to this, and you know, use it if you want to in promos and stuff." And um, and that's what I used on that stick shift stuff. Yeah. Uh, well, that's such another good example. I mean, I guess no matter where it came from, I guess you were that middle point to actually. Yeah, now this is the sound of this weekend show all about motorsports. Yep. Yep. Yep, actually, and, and look, that touches on another point too. Um, that was given to me. Oh gosh, I don't know when, early two thousands. We used that on stick shift production maybe 2010. Wow. Ten years later, eight years, this, six years later. This actually leads perfectly into my next question. Yeah, yeah. You are a massive fan of the term toolbox. Yeah, love it. And yep. you probably have the best in the world. So that comes from um, uh, a man who I love and adore, Lincoln Kelly. He introduced me to the toolbox concept. I know he got that from the likes of, I think it might have been Dave Fox um, many, many moons ago, and I've sort of carried that on as well because it is, look, I'm, I love building. I'm a, a builder at heart with outside of radio. I do a lot of um, you know, building projects and construction. So it kind of dovetails. Built your own studio. Yeah, built, built my own studio. It dovetails into that. It's a toolbox. You've got to have great tools in your toolbox and always be collecting new tools when they come along. Because again, like the example we've just said, you never know when you're going to use it. There's been so many times where something's come along and gone, oh, yeah, I'll probably never use that. Three years later, I go, oh, where's that sound effect? Oh, that's right. I never kept it. So <laughs> grabs, music beds, you know, whatever. So, yeah, my toolbox is is very vast these days and um, draw on it every minute of every day. And your creative space, I imagine, is pretty important to you. So you work from home pretty much full-time. Yep. You've built your own studio. It's so important, isn't it, just having your own space where you feel completely in your groove? It is, and, like, my creative space has been the, the uh, third bedroom in the house for the last five years. Um, and I started building this studio about 12 months ago. I moved in only a week ago. Um, it's taken a long time to put together, but the, it's it's an awesome space. It's just so much freer, cleaner, um, 
and yeah, again, coming back to working on the chaser sketches, that takes a lot of creativity to put that stuff together. And I just feel so much freer in this new space now and um, mm. feel like I can do it with, with greater ease. What do you know now at this point in your career that you just wish you'd known at the start? This is going to sound really bad, but it, it doesn't matter that much. Okay. I wish I hadn't known that earlier in the career. Now, double-edged sword, because if I had had that sort of thinking earlier in the career, would you would I have pushed as hard to go as, as far and, and as long as we have? But on the other side of it, it takes a lot of the stress and the pressure, the unnecessary stress and unnecessary pressure out of it, out of the job. The and do it, or die mentality. Yeah, and, and it's not it's not to say be half-assed at what you do or anything like that. It's more about, and this comes back to the putting stuff together on the track sheet, bang, walk away from it. Save yourself an hour of work by stepping away from it and then coming back to it and just doing the final finesse because the job is, when, you, when you've just pieced it together, the job is 90% there anyway. Whereas if you're stuck with it and kept going, the job's kind of only 40% done at that same point. Does that make sense? Totally. And sometimes the more you spend on something does not equal, like, you know, you could spend three weeks on a project. It doesn't necessarily mean it's going to be any better than if you spent 15 minutes, slept on it, 20 minutes, slept on it. And that that's put it perfectly, mate. So that that's what I, that's pretty much exactly what I mean. So having, having that kind of realisation and that maturity, I would love to have had that earlier on because look there's been many many times that have created un you look back now and they're unnecessary problems outside of work yeah um that have been a result a, a result of you know what's happened in work if if that makes sense um so yeah it would have been nice to kind of go through life without those kind of uh issues yeah so true yeah Man, thank you so much for your time for joining me on this podcast. Thanks for having me, man. It's um, good on you for for doing this, mate, and um, love the style that you're doing and all the best with the uh, without most success for it, mate. Thank you, brother. And on a personal note again, just thank you so much because um, some people will know, but many won't. BT's played a massive role in uh, helping me get to where I am and just providing me with the right opportunities at the right time. So on a personal note, brother, I just want to say thank you so much. Man, love it. Really appreciate it, man, and uh, keep passing it forward. That's it. Pay it forward. Everyone says that. Dave Fox says it. Stack says it. You say it. Now I say it. No one cares what I say, but, you know. (laughs) (laughs) Just go and pay it forward. Thanks, brother. Yep, that was... I enjoyed that so much. BT, thank you again. Um, And BT is happy to hear from anyone. His email address is brendan.tacy at sca.com.au brendan.tacy at sca.com.au I'm at domevansau on Twitter if you want to get in touch or as I said last week I've set up podcastshow at gmail.com and we are only just getting started so please subscribe on your favourite podcast app to make sure you get the latest episodes and I will see you next time